Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Victor Rubio. I'm Natalie Willis. And today we are here to discuss episode, geez, what is it? Three of season five of Six Feet Under titled Hold My Hand. Anything you'd like to tell people? I love you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We are on Instagram under Digging Podcast. During the week, I put up a poll. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you were going to humiliate me. And just to, just to update... This is one of many, I feel it. And this just to update people, when you vote on a poll on Instagram, <laughs> uh, the person who put up the poll can see who voted yes or no. <laughs> so during the week, I put up whether or not people are liking the breaks I've been putting in the episode. So everyone voted, I think only like 15 people voted and probably four, I would say 14 people voted yes. And there was one person who voted no. Uh, The one person who voted no. Laugh. I don't know how you saw that. I thought it was anonymous. So thank you, co-host, for voting no. And oh, you're not going to tell people what you did to me? What did I do to you? About how I was in the middle of a service and you sent me a screenshot? Yeah. And you said, really? Yeah. Question mark? I did some digging and the inventor of rap, or as Google says it, does this name sound familiar? DJ Cool Herc. Yep. Are you just saying yes? I could have said any <laughs> name. I could have said DJ Broccoli and you'd been like, yep. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Because you were saying MC something. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Okay. Okay. Uh, is, that who, is that true or did you just That's what Google it? says? It's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yes, we're we are on Instagram. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to do with it, but just to post stuff on there. And it looks really good. We've gotten a lot of followers and new listeners from That's Instagram. So. Instagram is where it's at. And we are now on, let's see, one, two, three. We are now on week three of no one able to prove that. In 1999, the AOL chat rooms were just buzzing that no one knew who killed Lester Burnham in American Beauty. Okay. Um, so that being said, we could start to get into this episode. Uh, themes or anything in this episode? You know that the answer I'm going to say is, I don't know. But even even with the episode title of Hold My Hand, nothing. Uh, oh, yeah. With uh, little George and his mother passing. Mm-hmm. And she said, hold my hand mm-hmm. the entire time. And that's it for the mm-hmm. entire episode? Done. <laughs> uh, well, there's two things. There's a lot of, in terms of holding, hold my hand, there's a lot of like mothering, like mentoring as like, you know, child and parent. Nice. And I also kind of picked up that there's a lot of mental illness in this episode. What I realized today is that there is a lot of, when I say a lot, it's just two of the prominent storylines, but about birth and children. You know, the Keith and David are trying to adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is he? Oh, and Brenda. Yeah. And just these first few episodes. I mean, how much have we talked about surrogate mothers? 
right? Quite a bit. Just about, and that's been yeah. birth. Just being that the show kind of started with death. And if you, you know, something we haven't talked about is like, we're like in the final, I mean, we're like ending a five series, five season series. I can't believe show. it. What I'm saying is just though, it's like, it's closing with a birth, which is kind of would be opposite, you know, starts with the birth and ends with the death. Despite the show does end, the show ends with a death, but it also actually starts out with a birth, but you probably don't remember that. So you know what they say? Uh, what do they say? It's the circle of life. That's all I knew for that song. <laughs> I want to do, de- <laughs> I want to do dead air for a little bit, but that doesn't work well on a podcast. This episode also has my second favorite moment in the show. Let me see. Can you no. guess? Can you guess what it is? Your second. This is my favorite. Uh, my first favorite was the end of season four when David and Nathaniel, mm-hmm. after everything's happened, and he's yeah. you know, you're lucky to be alive. And all what that. is your second favorite moment? Probably when Ruth tells George. Nope. So there's three callbacks <laughs> to season one here. Uh, Claire's will which mm-hmm. happens in the first, I think it's the second episode of the series. Um, David banging a prostitute in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And Angela, who is from episode 10 of season one, who was the, the new hire. Mm-hmm. So there is some callbacks to earlier of the show. And our death capsule opens with a timepiece. I think he said it's been 51 years. I don't remember. During the episode, I think it's 51 years or 52 years. And we finally see who the woman in the blue dress has been. Did you remember any of this? This scene, I did remember, actually. But what I'm saying is the, the woman who... Because she popped up at the end of season four and she popped up in the episode. Well, if you remember, I told you that I probably I thought that it was probably his mom. Right. But when I was watching uh, the death capsule on this episode, I remember watching this in the past. And I remember yeah. how sad it, yeah. I felt for poor George. Her, too. But I'm just saying, like, what a... Oof. That's and, heavy. And we see that young George Sibley with his mother making breakfast for him. And as she's doing such overdoses on pills while drinking, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, she's taking pills and she's on drinking purpose. vodka. I mm-hmm. wonder how common that was in 1953. Was it aspirin she was taking, I wonder? I, I don't know. Wasn't that like... It seemed medicated. Yeah. But I just... I, that doesn't seem like... I don't. I mean, I really don't know if like overdosing was, was a thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, you might be right. Is that vodka or is that rum she's drinking? I, mean, I just assumed it was vodka. alcohol in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you overdose from aspirin in alcohol I, I i don't know about I don't know the answer to that either maybe if you pop a bunch i don't know i i just didn't know like overdosing on pills was popular in 1950 <laughs> you know i mean what else yeah yeah god and how traumatic you know um so i uh, go ahead i was gonna say um for women uh-huh death by suicide is most commonly with pills and um death by suicide for men is most commonly with guns do guns. you know do you know why uh no actually because um and this is an fbi stat this is not a natalie just throwing this out there because um women are conscious about not messing up their faces the fbi investigated this Mm -hmm. this is i mean this is just like one of the stats they did this is old old things yeah i mean it's just that's that makes sense they looked into it to see you know like why women prefer to do it this way and men prefer uh death by suicide that other way that makes sense uh, uh, I've mentioned her on the podcast before, but there is a review, this woman named Billy do, and she, she, re- she's reviewing the episode in live time. So back in 2005, like the episode will air and she'll write a review. Yeah. And it's kind of funny to see what the, the, um, how do I say it? What the thought process was like not knowing what happens next and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she writes how people who experience a traumatic event at a young age 
sometimes tend to stop maturing at that age oh. as a consequence of the event. And you just kind of see like this whole, I mean, you know, George obviously matured past a seven-year-old or whatever, but just the thing with the food yeah. that he does. Yeah. I don't, that's, that's actually, that's, that's gotta be true. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, is this the first time we've seen this thing with the food or has he done it before in prior episodes? I haven't noticed it before. Okay. So I don't episodes. think he, I don't think he has. Um, but yeah, just a weird thing to, yeah. And that's just something you, I mean, it's like a tick. It's like an OCD thing or if like mm-hmm. you rub your arms fast or something. And as she dies, George holds her hand and, uh, the idea of holding, you know, hold my hand because the way the episode, what they call it in the biz book ends because mm-hmm. it starts with, uh, I have, her name's Loretta. Loretta holds George hands as she dies. And the way the episode ends with Maggie and George. I don't know if it's, I mean, it's not passing it on, but if you just realize that's the mother doing it to the son, then kind of at the end, it's the father doing it to the daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, something that is definitely picked up here is she, some episodes, they really don't connect well, but I think on this episode, a lot connect because when the mother is, you know, doing her little rant before everything happens, she says, who needs school? You know, they don't teach you what you really to need to know. And then she goes on about flying the coop and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, Claire says the same thing. Yep, you know, like who does. needs... I mean, I don't think those characters are connect, you know, in any way, whatever. I mean, a little kind of what, what Claire and um, Ruth start to talk about. But, I mean, you know, there's a there's a connection. Um, what she makes for breakfast. Wow, I think this is the longest we've ever spent on a death capsule. It Fried bologna and Velveeta. First of all. Do you eat Velveeta? I, I don't think I've ever had Velveeta. Looking at that, and then bologna. Oof. Oh my god! Ugh. You know that's that's like a big thing in the South is fried bologna Good. sandwiches. Ugh. Goodness, Ugh. God! What? No. Oh, Could you god. get any more processed? <laughs> no, thank you. Oh god! And like I said, as we see, she asks George to hold her hand. She, pet, she, she does kill over, right? I oh, know. We yeah, see that later. Yeah, we see that later in the episode. And then our episode opens up with, ironically, George walking downstairs on the anniversary of his mother's death and tries to barge into a funeral going on in the Fisher house. I was going to ask you if anything weird has ever happened. Not like, because my first thing I was going to go to was, is, um, you know, people having to be restrained from a visitation or whatever. But anything weird ever happened during a visitation for you? You got to tell, like... Like, what do you mean? A lot of weird things happen every single day. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's something I thought about. And the only thing I the could... weird becomes normal. Yeah. Yeah. You have people. I just like mean throwing anything. Throwing themselves into the graves. No, I know. Just anything where um, <laughs> someone just an old man like George in his bathrobe walks into a room. But probably, I don't know. The way you're looking at me. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have had, like, there's one thing, and I'm not, I'm just not sharing it on uh, the podcast. There's been one thing that has always sat in my mind. It was just different to see. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't quite sure why they thought the funeral was the appropriate place. Okay. And that's that's probably the weirdest thing. That was years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. That's it. But, the, but what people probably outsiders think is weird to us. It's normal. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain there's certain cultures where it's a sign of respect to pass out, to scream, to try to yep. jump into the grave. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you got to stand over here because this, you know, they're going to be grave jumpers and you need to make sure they don't get it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that comes, becomes common. I've mentioned this before and I'm going to, I'm just going to say real quick. And I don't want to get into it. 
uh, if people are interested, write in, comment on Instagram because I, I believe we talked about it before. I know I've talked about it on another podcast, but uh, if you want to Google or try to get around uh, a Haitian funeral, because it's very specific and culture. Very and, intense. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Uh, I think I, it's beautiful as a sign of respect. Every and well, I think I think the, well, all the cultures are beautiful. I mean, you just I'm not saying no, no. That's their thing. I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the idea of it's it's Google it. And, and if you are interested in, write in, and we'll we'll talk about it a little more next episode. Uh, you want to start with George and Ruth or Billy and Claire? Let's do George and Ruth. So Billy and Claire, Billy has now implemented the idea that Billy and Claire should spend a few years in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess what's kind of crazy is Claire cannot see how crazy Billy has become. I, I don't know if the well, word I think manic- that she's she's just as manic as he is right now. Like she's she got caught up and that's why she can't see it. Correct. And they're gonna go to Granada. <laughs> Correct. How did you like how I said that? By the way, yeah, uh, uh, seven okay. out of ten. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, the amount of times I have to constantly give Natalie, I just shout numbers at her during the day. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, yes, I'm totally with you. But Billy is actually crazy. I no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No disagreement on that. Right. I'm just saying that. You know, he's been normal, 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 and then, like, he's having a fun spout, and mm-hmm. she's caught up in it, and, mm-hmm. you know, because she's also going through some things where her um, art uh, cur- curator wouldn't, yeah. isn't, didn't accept her last work, and so she's kind of down, and this is exciting, and yeah. she's trying to figure herself out, so I just don't think that she can see it right now. Yeah, and and yes, that I guess that's, in the end, she can't, she clearly can't see it, because, I mean, yeah. he's just, you know... Um, you know, there's that small moment when he's on the phone just trying to make all these connections to over there and she's just like on the bed just smiling. You know, she's clearly really happy of this yeah. whole thing. And she goes to buy a camera and we see that her funds have been, I don't know, taken away or locked, the, whatever. The the card declined. Yes. How old school was that credit card processing yeah. machine? Well, I was going to ask, have you ever had a credit card decline? Yes, it's the most embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> and you always do that. Oh, uh, there must be something wrong. And you know the person behind the counter is like, it's, like, it's your yeah, broke sure it is. behind. I'll tell you what, here. though. A one time it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I was ser- I was I was 1000% being like, there's no way. Yeah. And my card was like a little beat up at the time. So like, oh, it's probably your strip. Let's put some paper around there, uh-huh. whatever. And we did it. We did. I'm like, it's impossible. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, fine. Probably just like a million other, how a thousand other people, um, um, get their credit card decline and then i went it was my debit card actually so i yeah. went downstairs and my bank was in the mall and i went to go get it checked my, my bank account was like minus x amount of hundreds of dollars i had a i had a mix i'll just say i had a mix up with taxes oh yeah and the irs always gets theirs yes <laughs> and I, I and i was just like guys i i made a mistake and i clear i truly swear on everything made a mistake mm-hmm. and they they took a, they took out everything that was owed mm-hmm and then some? And doubled. They doubled it. Because you uh, you inconvenienced them. That's the IRS for my you. My God. Can I tell you the most embarrassing time was the, my wedding day. So, you you know, I went to mortuary school in Atlanta. And right. I got married in Charleston, South Carolina. And I had to, of course, wait to the last minute to go get the cash for the honorariums. And I went to the ATM. And uh, I went to get it. And there's, you know, there's people standing behind you. And it's like reject reject reject. and it also makes it sound like "Ah, yeah ah." and um i know i literally had the funds but my bank 
Bank of America, decided that because I lived in Georgia and here I was withdrawing money in Charleston, that somebody stole my card and failed to, it was, it was a nightmare and it was so embarrassing because you know, you keep trying, you keep trying and the uh-huh. people behind you are just screaming. So what ended up happening? Why well, was the money not there? Well, I had to, I had to obviously go over to the side and I called them and it was already a bag full of emotions anyways because I'm getting ready to get married. Right. I screamed bloody murder at the poor t- person on the phone and then I apologized. I said, I know this wasn't you. They thought that my card was stolen so they froze my account. Oh, crap. I said, I'm like getting married in 1.5 <laughs> hours and I have no cash to give the organist. Damn. It was really embarrassing. That's funny. Um, so yeah, we see that, you know, kind of, if you remember from the second episode of the series, when they do the will, uh, Nate and David got half of the funeral home each and Claire got a whole chillload of money, but not until she's 25 after she finishes college and she flips out about it then. And obviously you just forget about it because Claire's in high school at the time or whatever. And this is the first time she's not in college and her shit's locked up. Um, I... I didn't. I kind of forgot how tense it was between her and Ruth, because mm-hmm. you know Billy kind of even eggs her on, like, yeah, yeah you need to go. That's your money. That, they, your family can't have your respect. family treat you like yeah, that. Yeah, but or she, whatever. Is, she spoke some truth too. Like they constantly ignore her, and they do. And they do. Yeah, yeah. they definitely. They definitely one hundred percent do. I didn't even pick up on that. That's that's smart. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but it's kind of like here when she's talking with Billy about why she doesn't need to go to school and everything. It's kind of like the same thing George's mother was saying. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then we get the confrontation between Ruth and Claire when Ruth oh, comes into Claire, the house. Oh, Claire, shut that down. <laughs> I will hit you back. That is That my, was powerful. I'm telling you, as you said that, and I replayed the scene in my head, I got shivers down my back. That's my second favorite scene. I knew that. <laughs> yes, I did. I was going to say that, but I just wanted to see. No, you did. Okay. I did. I did. Uh, uh, the reason why, and I, I'm not going to get too much into it, but as someone who has stood up to their parent like that, mm-hmm. it was just like, and that, and even before personal stuff happened, that scene was always like, holy shit, Claire is, now I can't imagine Claire beating up a she 60, 60 year old Francis Conroy, you know, yeah. but, uh, the way the emotions and everything were running that time, like, you know, and I think that's the second time Ruth has hit Claire. I forgot where I saw that. Well, but she I think hit she, her at the wedding. Yeah, but I think there was a time before that where where where. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you was. might you might be thinking of American Beauty. No, am yeah, I? You might be. You got it mixed up. But In yeah, my that's my second favorite scene, and just really, I mean, and how far apart they are as mother and daughter. Cause they're usually always close and everything. Mm-hmm. And a great line is. You know, Ruth is like, you can't be out there playing house with some crazy person. And Claire's <laughs> like, yeah, look who's talking. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we saw, see Billy goes on this crazy ass shopping spree. And, you know, just like we were saying, Claire is like so blinded by just toys, presents, you know, that she really can't see. Uh, I think I said this last podcast. I'm going to say it again. I really think it starts. I know they break up. And they spoiler do? alert, you mean, okay. <laughs> um, but is that a symptom of being whatever Billy is? I Manic, was, yes, shopping, just extreme shopping. Blowing loads huge, of money? It's a hu- shopping, gambling, yes, it's a huge, um, it's a huge high. He, I, I get that. All those compulsive shoppers, right. they do it when they're, uh, when they're manic and they're high. I mean, he's so crazy, he even buys leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever bought leather pants? Are you fucking kidding me? What do you mean? 
I mean, you I have. think I'd wear leather pants. I could first see of it. all, I could see first it. First of all, no, you can't. First of all, circa early 2000s. N- no, what do you think? I'm in like high a, school. I'm going to high school with leather pants, <laughs> like a Metallica shirt. I could see it. First of all, <laughs> is our friendship over I'm right so, now? The podcast is over. <laughs> Yes, I'll leave. We've just ended. I mean, oh goodness! Leather um, pants are cool and hot. Very hot. There's no way you're wearing them in South Florida. No way. You're no. Wearing them in South Florida. Not even in like the quote-unquote cool time, like January. <laughs> You'd still be sweating. Leather pants. Goodness. <laughs> oh, I wish you would buy a pair. <laughs> Keith and David are going through the adoption process, and we see that David is really on top of this, kind of in an annoying way. But like, kind of, that's how you have to be, right? The way no, he's Dave is. on it. That is the most uh, organized human I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and just kind of like the theme of it being mothering mm-hmm. or mothering of the episode. Like Keith even calls, you know, he's like, "Hey, David, like you're such a mom." Don't you appreciate does. people like that though? They're on it like that. Even got it color coded. He said. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I feel like I guess during the adoption process, you mm-hmm. probably have to be like oh, this. I, there's so much paperwork involved. But I bet you he's the same way too about like apartment hunting or house hunting and funeral directing for sure right right he's on it right i didn't even take that into account yeah that's probably why he's like that uh and just like i was saying call back from season one when they go you know and he's david is really knocking on keith that makes sure that his what he's supposed to get done is done and then when they get to the adoption agency we see that again like i said call back from season one that uh keith never got the arrest expunged from when david got caught yeah with the prostitute um that, I mean, I know this question sounds dumb, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. I have never had anything expunged from my record. <laughs> I was actually... <laughs> okay, gosh. I don't have a record. Um, this would prevent you from getting adoption? Oh, yeah. Yeah? So, you know, I, t- I shared with you yeah. that my sister uh-huh. adopted. It's a huge, huge background problem. I mean, it is a huge background problem. What I'm effect. saying is, though, if she was able... Like, that's... I don't know how to say this. It's not like if she was able to find it, why couldn't he have found it? Well, right. That's but what I'm I saying. But I also don't think like um, I don't think that they don't have the internet as readily as we do. I mean, you can put in your name and you can find out everything. No, about no, that you. I understand. So why didn't he follow up on it? I guess is the question. Yeah. I mean, how detail oriented are you? And on top of things, and you didn't follow up on this mm-hmm. arrest to make mm-hmm. sure it was off your record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, he just, I guess, he just took face value with yeah, what he yeah. said. Uh, I mean, I'm shit. I've done this all the time. I was like, yeah, I'll handle it. Like, I'll get to it. And then, you know, months later, it's like, oh, shit. You know, it's never been about the time I got arrested for banging a prostitute, but it's been there. Yeah, I wouldn't believe that for a second. <laughs> why? Because you wouldn't spend the money. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you're very, not, not because... you're super frugal. No, thank you. <laughs> not because it's a prostitute. <laughs> okay. But because the money. <laughs> Just know you. Thank you. <laughs> Right. Obviously, because it was a prostitute. Right. <laughs> we have to call them prostitutes from now on. I actually I'm sorry. think that's really funny. Yes. Um, I can't believe you just said. I was joking. You just, in the past, probably what, three minutes, <laughs> you have you have me down as buying leather pants. <laughs> and that I probably would bang a prostitute, <laughs> but it's just not in my budget. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's why you have more money than me, I guess, right? <laughs> Uh, David's freaking out in the car, right? And like rightfully so after this adoption agency. Uh, again, on the theme of mothering, like he's freaking out like a little kid. And again, it's like rightfully so. He has everything yeah. he should be. But the way Keith is like, I like 
uh, how do I say this? I ha- I see it sometimes, and I I can't because I'm too old now. But like when a parent knows they messed up, like you know they forgot to bring home something mm-hmm. for a kid, whatever, and mm-hmm. just like. I'm going to let you have this little figure throwing because I know I messed up. Yeah. I feel like that's what Keith is doing with David. But I also think that they're showing the two roles too, like David mother, Keith dad. Cause, yeah. And I'm just saying this is a stereotype. This is not necessarily true, but you know how dad's always relaxed. Mom's yeah. always on top. That's what they're showing. But yeah, but I just, I, I guess I, I think here David's being a little kid. Yeah. Freaking out and everything. And then and, it blows up in his face. Right. Uh, wait, what do you mean? When they get to the table, and she's like, um, "You checked out fine, Keith, but you know, David, you could have shared." I'm, talk- no, I'm talking time. about afterwards when Keith, when David's freaking out. Oh, in the car. I thought you were talking about on before because Keith didn't get that notarized statement from Roger. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he I had forgotten af- it. Yeah, I mean, af- after when he's in the car freaking out and, and everything, and Keith is just like, "I'm gonna let you have this little fit because you're right, but yeah. like, calm down." <laughs> you yeah, know? you're right. Um, and so David apologizes, and I think also too, like a little kid, just like. Hey, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide to go the surrogate route. The woman who they meet for the surrogate, does she look familiar to you, to you at all? No. You know, we, we, who is that? You know, uh, did you ever see the Brady Bunch movie? Yes. Like the ones from the 90s? She's yeah. Jan. She is? Yeah. Okay. Because she's got a little bit of a look to her. Mm-hmm. Like she's attractive and anything with this. And she was perfect for that Jan role. Very You know what so. I mean? Yes. Um. Uh, and they're interviewing her. Now, let me ask you, when you walked away from that interview where they're asking, why does she want to be a surrogate? How come you've been a surrogate before? And she says, oh, it's not because of the money. My, my husband has plenty of money mm-hmm. and all that. the attention. Is that what you, I totally thought she like, that's almost like a little scare. It almost feels like she's like really lonely. Not to, not going to lie here. That uh, would throw up red flags for me. Yeah. And I'm surprised it didn't. And I don't, but, re- but let's say this too. Mm-hmm. That's why she wants to do it. Okay, she enjoys being pregnant. She enjoys the attention, and she is. She's shown through past history that there's not issues with after the birth has happened. You know, surrendering. You know right. what I mean to the to the adoptive parents. I mean, that's. You, I guess you have pros and cons with that, but that's definitely a red. She's. There's definitely a red flag. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I I mean, I guess she, her, her rigor, her background check is as rigorous as theirs, right? Oh, it's probably even more so. Right. Cause she's the one going to be put I mean, child they, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For sure. I just got a, a real like, whoa, this is kind of creepy what's going on here. Not creepy. Just like, I, like she has, she's saying the right things, but she's also like letting a side of like, mm-hmm. this is kind of dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We, did we do George and Ruth? I can't remember. No, you totally skipped over it. Uh, and at this point I can awkwardly transition into part two. Can I do it any more awkwardly? Are we doing our break now? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I vote no. (laughs) Can't believe you busted me. Shake, 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 Sonora. Shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sonora. Shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sonora. Work your body line. And now, some advice from our sponsors. Quit trying to be some fucking house frau, all right? You're a rebel. You're a freak. We're never going to be a real family, no matter what you saute. And we are back with part two of the podcast. Uh, Natalie, how was your break? That break was excellent. Thank you for providing it. Okay. I vote yes. No, you don't. You can't. can't. Can you do that poll again? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, we have Brenda's storyline, we have Rico's, and we have Ruth and George's. Are you going to ask me, uh, Goosebumps, pick your poison? Pick your adventure right now. Okay. So I know what I really want, and I'm going to tell you the opposite, because okay. I'm going to reverse psychology. Okay. Ruth and George. George, after some discussion, <laughs> goes to the supermarket after uh, her, him, Ruth, and Nate about uh, picking up a shopping list. And we see here when she, uh, he's picking up apples at the supermarket. He's talking to the lady and he's just, he sees his mother. Uh, I feel like that's one of the first times we've seen another character have that projection. Because usually it's someone in the embalming room. Mm-hmm. And we see the person who died. Yeah. But this time it's George, who's not one of the funeral directors, whatever. Uh, I think this was also the first time a death occurred where... It is uh, the Fishers did not handle the funeral. Interesting. Here's the question that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Why is this the first time that George has talked about what's happened to his mother? And why does his wife not realize what the I just feel like it's something that's talked about. And like the anniversaries. Yeah. I mean, like how his mother passed uh-huh. and, and anniversaries. I mean, I don't think I can go three months about talking about Oh yeah, you know my dad died five years ago. My dad, my mom died this years ago. Whatever, whatever. I just, you know what I'm saying? Or like it comes yeah. up. They were your parents are deceased. You know, it comes up. Well, I'll I'll say two things to that. One, and we could get to later on the scene because it happens with two characters at the same time. But I think when Ruth finds the food, that's kind of like the time he would have brought it up because he, he clearly hasn't. And he didn't. Right. I think there's just. The community, like there's, you know, when two planes near miss each other. Do you think that Ruth knows that George's mother died from death by suicide? And, and let, let me say, let, let me say this before, before we, I get to that. I think their communication is so poor because mm-hmm. Ruth is fed up and mm-hmm. George is George, right? But even in so the I think, beginning. I know. I don't think that's part one. I think mm-hmm. part two, I think when you get to that age, I think when you, here's the thing, like for George, it's a traumatic event, Huge. but he's held onto it for so long mm-hmm. that he kind of, he probably just mentions it flippantly mm-hmm. and you gotta match it at that age their parents are 100 percent almost deceased. anyone yeah. you meet yeah more than yeah. likely 99%. their parents will be deceased right sure. so like maybe and you know while they're talking about their meeting and their six divorces and whatever he probably says yeah my mother died when i was young it and it probably just a detail yeah okay and i'm not even sure sometimes george even knows why what effect she, what yeah. effect it has on him yeah you know you're right you know you're what right. i mean like yeah. i think i think just kind of as he progressed it got worse like oh shit i've been this way because so of- yeah i so i agree with you probably yeah. he never talked about it like how yeah. you and i would talk about our yeah. parents and mm-hmm. um definitely you're right she probably just thinks that you know yeah. old age so forth and so forth uh quick quick thing i want to um add that when they are at the super when george is at the supermarket do you off the top of your head do you remember what the supermarket was called no because there's signs everywhere. It's called John's. Okay. J-O-N-S. Mm-hmm. And I read a comment somewhere that they are, they very clearly just took over the last, the left hand of the first letter. It's actually a really popular supermarket chain called Vons. And all they did was just like, if you could just picture the way a V is and they just closed off mm-hmm. the top part of the left hand of, to just make it John's. Um, I thought it was funny to see. Like, so they didn't even try and hide it. What? So like people would think they're going to Vons, but they're going to John's? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. What I'm saying is this is like they filmed this in Target, but they didn't want to make it film oh, like Target. Oh, got it, got it, So got they it. like took okay. off the T and now got it's just it. Argit. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, got it. If we were, it would be like if yeah. something was filmed in Publix and they made the P a B. 
It's Bublix. Bublix. Right. <laughs> By the way, it's if you're chicken tender sub <laughs> week. Woo! Bublix has got it for five nine nine. We are. If you're in the south, if you're in the southeast part of America, um, we have a supermarket chain. It's called Publix, and they have fire chicken tender. Did subs. you tell them what website to go every week to see? If our it's available? Publix chicken tenders on our chi- oh fuck. <laughs> our Publix chicken tender subs on sale.com and every week if you greatest go, website ever 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 <laughs> they sponsor the podcast <laughs> um so uh, who who wants to have this dinner is it ruth or is it nate i forget it's ruth ruth wants to have this dinner yeah. ruth to says because nate comes home and says mom wants to have oh actually i don't know the answer to that all right Okay. Well, someone wants to have dinner, and Ruth is making dinner for her, George, Nate, and Brenda. It's definitely not Brenda, and it's definitely maybe it's George. The fuck. Um, and I think again, just leading to what 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 our end game of the of this series is. Somewhat ironic that Brenda skimping out on dinner is what leads to Ruth and I'm sorry, Nate and Maggie. Meeting and having... Do you not know what happens between Nate and Maggie? Please. Are they going... No. Is I it going to happen? I'm not saying any. I'm just saying, do you no, know? No, I have no idea. But you see, we have. they have a little bit of a connection here. They connect. Um, and we'll get into that with Brenda's storyline. But uh, after dinner, right? And again, we don't have to rehash the entire conversation we had. But after dinner, George is just trying to talk to Ruth. And Ruth is, you know... Again, I think this is like a little kid, just the way George is like, hey, pay attention. Hey, mm-hmm. hey. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, you're a grown man. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, when you when you start to knit, you're like so far away. And she's like, I'm only six, six inches. inches. Right. says 18. Um, but I think that's just like a, 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 a mother who wants to relax and a son who's just pestering her. Yeah. Um, it's actually really sad. But again, like, again, I don't want to have the entire conversation. But again, like, are you mad at Ruth here? A little bit. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's the same thing. Like, who's to blame? Mm-hmm. I just think Ruth has been, again, we don't have to go through the whole thing. Ruth has been so fed up by everything that, yeah, Ruth, Ruth is just done. And yeah, I feel, here I felt a little bit bad for George here. I did. You know, he's yeah. trying. He's trying. But I, it, And you he know, just got told to go I can't. <laughs> yeah. And he literally goes Again, I, I just, I, I still go back to the idea of like, she got sold a lemon, you know? So like, why, why would she? But I... Gotcha. Uh, and we started we started the storyline talking about this, and I'm just going to bring it up again that Ruth finds the food when she's doing laundry in George's clothing. So was that like a one-day event of food, or has this been I – mean, that's it? Because then See, she says, do I know, need to check the closet? Right. Remember? Uh, maybe maybe this is something that he does as it gets close to his mother's anniversary. Because oh. if, if you're saying – How long have they been married at this point, you think? Well, one year? if they got married at the end of season four and season and episode one of season four was like six months later. Okay. So it's like a year. So let's, I think a year is a long, is on the long end. Okay. Um, let's meet in the middle, right? It's been nine months. So that behavior wouldn't have exposed itself right. in the beginning. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're right. But yeah, if, if you don't remember that this being the first time I thought, I thought it had happened before, but no, clearly not. Um, but you know, Ruth right there, mm-hmm. if that's the first thing that happened, she probably would have like maybe brought it up to Maggie or like talked about it with someone or whatever. But she's probably like, this guy's just fucking, he's off his rocker. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally normal. I would say it's totally normal for someone who's quote unquote crazy. I'm mm-hmm. not calling George crazy. I'm just saying like whatever that term is. 
that yeah, of course he's gonna be fucking putting food in his pocket and God knows what else he does, you know? But it does seem like it was a buildup to this day because that food definitely seems rancid and right, old right. and moldy. Yeah. So I'm just saying happening. like, and, and like that's probably a perfect opportunity for Ruth to what's going on. But yeah, Ruth knows what's going on. She doesn't care anymore. Yeah. You know, um, instead of asking what's going on, she's just chalking it up to his mental illness and, and, and not and, digging deeper. And I get nice plug digging. Nice. Oh yeah. That did that. Um, could I call it a coping mechanism for George doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Like, just I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 weird, but I guess it signifies what the traumatic event Correct. was. Correct. Uh, Brenda, I want to end with Rico because I really liked what happened with Rico. Okay. Um, Brenda is doing her internship. Do you remember the the woman's name who she goes to have dinner with? If not, I'm just going to call her Ellen Wolf from Dexter. I have no idea. Ellen Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also a motherly relationship. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, um, you know, we see that she goes to dinner at her house mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but the way they were just like, uh, you know, how did you lose all that weight and everything? And, yeah. you know, like, it's, you know, speed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I, I think what do I have in my notes here. I guess I'll read straight from my notes. It's subtle, but later when Brenda sits down with her for dinner to see what a normal family is like before oh, okay. Beforehand, you know, Nate Nate asks Brenda asks Nate if he wants to eat. So before this scene, okay, now it makes more sense. Before this scene, um, you know, Brenda's like, Oh, you'll be home for dinner and Nate's like, Oh, don't worry about it, just go ahead and go mm-hmm. without me. Mm-hmm. Uh and later it's just like I she goes to dinner. They just it's, it's sort of the same thing. They just completely miss each other mm-hmm. where Brenda's trying to create something. Mm-hmm. But why would Nate not take it as any other way? Just like, oh, you're going to eat home dinner? I just assume. Well, I mean, she should say, we should sit, to, sit at the table together as a family for dinner. Every right. I, she just, had just be a, expressed it. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag 2018. Speak the truth. This is 2005. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I guess to go back a little bit, we see Brenda get roughed up during one of her sessions. Yeah. Did did this guy go to jail? Or I mean, this, this I don't know, is but, not But okay. you know what I was thinking? If he like pushed her the wrong way and she had another miscarriage, oh, oh I didn't he, even would he be charged? I would think so. Absolutely. Right? Oh, I don't know. That's actually a good question. Possibly. I, I'm sure they would have. I'm sure that they would tempt, but there's... If he caused her to have a miscarriage, is mm-hmm. that... I think, actually, I think this is something worth Googling what the laws are about that mm-hmm. because there's so many... And I, I, I believe something like this may similarly... Ha- this has happened before. And um, maybe maybe not... The person was not charged of, like, manslaughter of the unborn um, fetus. Yeah. I don't know. That's actually something worth looking up, to be honest Because I you. just wonder if, like... I guess it's all intent. I don't want to get into. Yeah, that. I don't want to get into that. Um, the the dinner at Ellen Wolf's house. Mm-hmm. That what did you think of that dinner? Let me ask that you. It was a there. great dinner. Great dinner. Delicious. You didn't think it was nauseating that family? <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> You're not. I am. I totally am. I would. I wanted to leave. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> if I play that bet, you know. What I'm <laughs> I thought the dinner was extremely nauseating the way that, that I, I I refuse to believe 
there is any family out there who acts like that. Maybe. I refuse it. There has I refuse. To, there, okay, but there has to be a family that does that. That's how they are. I know, but it's just like there is so much quote-unquote love that it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've been at friends, I've been at, and I feel like everyone has gone through this as a kid, right? And what's funny is Brenda's not a kid. She's a, you know, a grown woman, but where you go to dinner at like your friend's house when you're younger, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh man, I wish, I wish my parents were like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just always think another family, whatever, you mm-hmm. just, not even jealousy, it's just like, oh, I wish I had toys like that or whatever, mm-hmm. and just like, you, you're perfectly fine, you know? Um, but yeah, I just thought that, I, I don't know, I refuse to believe that dinner's always like that. A little heavy, you know, because they're also trying to tell a story, right? So maybe, and maybe that the idea that this is from Brenda's eyes. And Six Feet Under doesn't really do this because whatever we see on screen is what happens. But if you want to maybe take a little bit of like an altered lens with it in that maybe this is how Brenda perceived it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I may- see that. Maybe like, like it that. wasn't really that special. It wasn't really special. what happened, but that's how she looked right. at it. Um, Good thinking. And I think it's funny that at the same time that this is happening, Brenda and Maggie are getting close at um, the dinner at, 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 at Ruth, uh, Ruth's house. Um, Brenda and Maggie are getting close? Nate and Maggie. Okay. Getting all these names messed up left and right. Um Maggie's backstory, I totally forgotten it, but it's kind of heartbreaking. It's losing, very hard. I losing mean, her two-year-old to yes. leukemia. Oh, how terrible. Um, you know, it, you can't really compare heartbreak, mm-hmm. but you could see how Nate and Maggie are kind of like wounded, mm-hmm. whatever you want to, wounded souls, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, they both lost people they probably really loved and, yeah. you know what I mean? Um. But what's funny is like that's something Brenda and Nate could never really share. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just this little quick glimpse of Nate and Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, if I told you they hooked up, you'd be shocked? No. Okay. I'd just be disappointed. Okay. Okay. Just the way I said it when you were like, oh my God, no way. It's like, no. No, I'd just be disappointed. Again, and the funniest thing about this show is... You know, you would think Los Angeles is only 15 people deep. Exactly. <laughs> with the way Claire These sleeps with. Need Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to download Tinder like right. nobody's business. How come somebody didn't invent that back then? Oh, my Lord. Uh, when when Brenda, when they're back home and Brenda tries to create the dinner with Nate, um, something we have not talked about on the show. Maybe I tried to talk about it. I guess it's funnier this season. It's better this season and funnier because she's older. And we have this a part of the scene on now when she's on there. How f- adorable, but how funny is Maya? Love. But here's the thing. Love. Everyone's acting and saying their lines and uh-huh. their scenes. She's just doing her thing. She's literally, she's on like. She's literally watching she's, cartoons yeah. and just thinks it's funny. And it's just like, you have to keep a kid entertained while yeah. you're filming and everything. Yeah. She's just. She's on it. She's doing anything did, she did wants. Did she get into anything else? Is she in any other movies, shows? I don't recall. What's her Hollywood Because I remember trying resume. to look. I remember trying to look her up and I don't think nothing. Nothing? Okay. Yeah. I think like the only pictures are, are, are her, like the red carpet or whatever. I mean, they're twins. Whenever you see a little kid like this in a They're show, always twins. Always twins. Always. Because what happens is there's like child labor law, labor laws, uh-huh. so you could only have them on for like two hours. Oh. Like like listening to. Uh, so um, Lily is a twin on Modern Family. I'm pretty sure she is. Wow, I never knew that was a fact. Yeah, I'm like okay. not, I'm like 99 sure. Yeah. Or or the scenes they shoot because mm-hmm. if you ever like really notice, um, 
how did I, where did I learn this? Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan did a podcast and just how much time you're allotted each day for, I mean, think of the... Um, yeah, because I have to go to school and so forth. Right, right. I think while I'm doing this, I'm going to see if Lily was a twin. twin. I love Lily. I'm literally Googling on the air. Um, the new child. Oh, yeah, twins. The four, yeah. Oh, Lily. There's two Lilies. Oh, Lily was replaced halfway through. <gasps> Modern Family replaces baby Lily with new child actor, Aubrey, the one we know now. The four-year-old replaces twins, Jaden and Ella. So I think early mm-hmm. Lily is twins, and then they switched it up. Interesting. Welcome to the Modern Family Podcast. <laughs> Digging. <laughs> um, just just one more thing. When, when Nate, I'm sorry, Brenda is trying to recreate the little family dinner at the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this sort of something somewhat of a flashback from season one, just the way Brenda thinks Nate's Brenda interprets Nate yelling at her like, mm-hmm. oh, you're trying to have this perfect little family, whatever. And it's, I don't know. It's just weird. I just feel like Brenda wants this family where your 15 year old girl joking about how much they love you. They mm-hmm. love you so much, whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. you have a, a hilarious four-year-old or however old Maya is, you know? And also Brenda didn't grow up like that either. Brenda, I mean, right. That's not, and that's a big part of it. Yeah. That's a big part of it that. Her parents, you know, her parents were having orgies while, yeah. you know, she was in the other room. Well, those are and they cool were parents. getting high. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, which brings me to our final storyline. And you know what? I'm going to stop here for a second because I did want to mention. Did you break? <laughs> I vote no. <laughs> no, uh, I wanted to mention we had, um, God, you know what? And I don't know this off the top of my head. I think she's a therapist. She has something to do with psychology, and I, I just can't remember right now off the top of my head, but Jeanette from the Humanology Podcast, uh-huh. she, it's funny, like, we, you know, uh, we, we watched this episode, and we could have, like, two takeaways. She thought this episode was more about control. Okay. And I'm just going to, like, bullet read off okay. what she wrote me. George uh, lost control when he couldn't save his own mother from overdosing on pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, uh, Brenda, she's in, she's in control. Well, Brenda's supervisor, Ellen Wolf, mm-hmm. is in control of her function and family. And unlike Brenda and Billy's sibling relationship, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, losing control there. Um, you know, <laughs> she wrote Billy and Claire and quote unquote are balls deep in crazy town. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, you know, and, and just Keith and David losing control as they struggle to, to try mm-hmm. and adopt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then Ruth and Claire, you know, there's Ruth uh, clearly lost control of. Hey, I think she's. I well, I don't think she's right. Even the episode title, "Hold My Hand," you have somebody hold your right. hand, like That's when you're true. a kid, hold my hands, so like hold can my hand, so make, I control you. I control. Yeah. I cross, you know, cross the street with holding my hand. I need you. Yeah. I need you by my side. She's right. And, and then there's a there's a good there's, call. And there's a really quick thing when Nate is like. Are you sure you should be eating that if you're mm-hmm. ovulated? You know, and even like Nate's taking oh, control, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, it's it's subtle, but She's it's definitely right. there. Control. You know, um, Rico. I wanted to get to this because I, okay. I kind of really love this storyline. Uh, Rico is attending a Catholic singles meeting. <laughs> I wonder if you asked Rico. I mean, obviously, the answer would be no. But if you would ask him like five years ago, would you ever be at a <laughs> a single or whatever? Yeah. Which got me thinking: How different was dating? Not even 13 years ago. Can you believe that? Like, this is probably how you met people. How did you meet people? 
bars that's it it was just bars no, and bars, places grocery no, no, stores. I'm just saying, yeah mm-hmm. but it was just a lot more in person like yeah it wasn't over it wasn't it wasn't it was face to face versus rico was on myspace and this is clearly <sighs> the beginnings of myspace um uh, oh. not myspace i'm sorry AOL. match match oh match yes they right. did say that mm-hmm. but i mean this is probably how, there was singles events and hot mm-hmm. singles near you and mm-hmm. <laughs> rico's meeting Call them the singles line were, oh god i all right. The same way I refuse to believe, and there's any family dinner that's like that. I refuse to believe there was a singles line, and that anyone ever met off there. You know, it was the biggest proof of that hmm. I have of this, and I have a theory, and and I, I can't formulate it, but it's the same exact way. Remember when those Ashley Madison leaks happened? Oh yeah. Remember like ninety eight percent were men. <laughs> you remember one of the biggest leaks of that one? What? Josh Duggar. One, you totally skipped over what okay, I said. Two, no. I have no idea who Josh Duggar is. Really? Okay, I don't want to skip over. Anyways, go who ahead. Who is it? Just really quick. Uh, the, that TLC show, 19 and Counting, the one that's so outspoken against homosexuality and transgenders and bathrooms and family. This is the family way and, you know, woman marries man and obey the laws of God and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was on Ashley Madison with his grandma's credit card. And when they released <laughs> it, it's so bad. Such a hypocrite. Oh, yeah. That was a huge one. Um, I guess more to my point that while, okay, while Josh was on it, mm-hmm. um, that that was nine, that was 98% of men talking to <laughs> 2% of women. And God, how many millions of guys were probably on that? Yeah. It's, it was, I, if I remember correctly, it was sold as like, um, meet like your mistress, right? Yeah, it was, it was uh, have an affair. Yeah, have an yeah, affair. Yeah, and ninety-eight percent of men were yeah. trying to have an affair, and I even qu- and again, someone could pull this up. I'm not sure if that number was ninety-eight percent. It was definitely above like ninety-five. Mm-hmm. What were the three percent or two percent of women doing? Pro- probably um, working women. Oh, like prostitutes? Pro- yeah, prostitutes. Josh Duggar paid her prostitutes. Yeah. Um, Rico her. sees Vanessa, and again, just sort of with mothering, you know, sort of says, "Cheer up, Rico. Go on, mingle." I mean, kind of the way like a mother would push her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hear that Rico is heading up to Irvine for a funeral director's con- convention. At the convention, the guy is quickly talking about waterless embalming. Mm-hmm. Since we have zero funeral director stuff going on in this episode, have you ever done a waterless embalming? Twice. I have never. You're kidding me. And I feel like it's like, wait a second. Have I done something wrong? Wow. I, I'm even going to go. I'm going to push it further. Mm-hmm. I did not know what a waterless embalming was until like three years ago. Hmm. Maybe I remember. There's a lot of stuff you you learn in school, but then when you get out mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's what they meant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I would imagine people are. I think people, he's right about it. It's a very costly thing because you put all those accessory well, fluids yeah. in there so just in so place quick, of water. Just quickly to try to explain what a mm-hmm. waterless embalming is, is you usually fill your tank up with two, two and a half gallons of water. Mm-hmm. And usually the rest is yeah, a, a bottle of embalming fluid, 16 ounces. So mm-hmm. whether you put one, two, however many bottles, that usually fills it, rounds out your tank. Mm-hmm. To, and it's three gallons di- diluted with right. however many embalming uh, bottles you are having there. A waterless embalming would be for the scenario. You should for, say why? Why would we do in a waterless? Right. Was saying okay. Uh, just so we don't have to get too much into it, a trouble case. Okay. Is that correct? 
Okay. A case that presents probably a lot of problems mm-hmm. where a normal, and I'm doing quotes, mm-hmm. a normal embalming wouldn't suffice mm-hmm. or just a standard two bottles for your three gallon tank, whatever. Mm-hmm. Waterless embalming, that entire tank that's filled up with two, two and a half, three gallons of water mm-hmm. is three gallons of embalming fluid. Right. Straight. Not all you, embal- you would add some like, like water conditioner. Not yeah. for, it's not three gallons of formaldehyde. Right. But it's two gallons and... I mean, how many bottles go into a waterless embalming? Well, what's how many uh, ounces are in a gallon? Yeah, we're gonna do math. <laughs> we're gonna do math on, on the air. One. But if you could um, speak, what, I think like it Google. was like I think I think maybe it was like ten in a gallon uh, metaflows that I that I did ten mm-hmm. metaflows and then. Whoa, probably, there's a hundred and twenty ounces in a gallon. Yeah, Jesus, uh, it was it was quite a lot. That's why when he was saying it's a very expensive way of doing it. Um, because you use a lot of uh, chemical mm-hmm. to do it, but you sometimes you have to. That's how you're going to achieve results, you know. And did you got the math. So there would be 24 bottles that go into a waterless embalming. Not 24 bottles of the metaphor. But I'm saying, but, but yeah. no. But there would be 26 bottles of no water, no fountain water, yeah. no possibly because you have to. You have to also understand too that. Three gallons with water dilutes the chemical to bring it to a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. However, comma, with this, you want a higher index, so you don't want to dilute it too much. Right. So you don't necessarily need to put, you know, 24 bottles of the um, But So let's just say if 24 there. bottles... I mean, would it's you a say, lot. It's would a you lot. say you put 16 bottles of quote-unquote embalming fluid? I think I did 10. And then like eight of just like embalming yeah. accessory chemicals. Correct. Uh, if we conf- it was a lot. If we confused you, sorry. Just it was something that was on there mm-hmm. to try to explain this in layman's term is hard. But just picture your normal embalming mach- your normal embalming solution has like two two and a half gallons of water with two or three bottles of embalming fluid. I'm that being have, very generic. That here. has certain index levels, and then you index, want to the index level produce is the, a certain out of index level the, outcome index level. The index level is the strength of the embalming Correct. fluid. The same way as there's percentage of a bottle of alcohol, but mm-hmm. beer, you know, yeah. uh, same way you have an index on of on a embalming chemical. Whereas a waterless embalming, that starting point of two two and a half two and a half gallons of water would just be. All embalming chemicals, not necessarily embalming fluid, but accessory fluids yeah. and formaldehyde. Do you know well, who I better always waterless embalmings? Who's that? Just so that it's high, huge index. If it's not just straight up cavity fluid, popes, popes, popes and right. saints, because of how you know how I think. Because they're there for days, they're the, but they're not just there for days, but they're there for for right. a long time. Yeah, that's and funny. the the person and who's the person in Russia that you can see him in his casket? Gorbachev. No, but I'm pretty sure that that was a waterless embalming. <laughs> That's the first Russian that came to my mm-hmm. mind. Um, so, yes. Um, and here we see the return of Angela. Did you know who Angela was before? No, but was she in Goodfellas? No, okay. that's that's Lorraine Brock. <laughs> God. No, it's not. I thought that she was one of the when when they went when he went. Never mind. I'm not going into this. I mean, if if the I woman, thought she was just had I didn't not Lorraine Brock. I just thought she was in the movie Goodfellas. You know, this is probably like 18 years after Goodfellas. Yeah, right? I know. And just she like was with, probably like just 10. like with the American Pie thing. Boy, I can't get these actors <laughs> right. I'm so wrong. Um, Anyways, lover. I actually yeah. actually. If you're my best friend, then you'll know what my top favorite scene was. Go ahead. Was this one when they were at the convention? How exciting was that to see all the stuff that we know? Oh, that that was okay. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. okay. It wasn't your excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just Natalie. like to be dramatic. <laughs> 
And here we see the return of Angela of season one fame. It's the funeral director. So I guess to give you some backstory, mm-hmm. for an episode or two, Rico went to go work for the corporate Kroner. I that. And they had to hire someone. They actually hired Angela. Okay. And Angela, as you could see, she was like just as outspoken. She wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. She accidentally broke something, and they, that's kind of why they, they let her think that's the reason why they fired her. But she was just commenting on everything and just mm-hmm. all this. She's really an outspoken woman, mm-hmm. which probably wasn't a good look for the show at the time. But um, so they fired her, and yeah. five seasons later, she shows up and... The reason the woman she the guy the person the employee she replaced was Rico, which is just ironic. Um, let me ask you something, Rico. We see that. Well, I mean, just the way I kind of said that, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. With how small the Fisher operation is, mm-hmm. there's no way Rico didn't know who Angela was. Of course he did. Because if this happened five, I don't know. Here's the thing: on the show, mm-hmm. Rico truly doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Rico's not playing dumb. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, uh, from a, a writing logistics standpoint, again, they claim they show us that this funeral home is operated by three guys. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, there's no way. Rico would have not known who Angela, you know, yeah. the person who replaced him for a month right, or so, whatever. Right. And let me ask you this too. Um, when they're having this conversation about where Rico's staying and he's he's like, I'm not staying at this hotel, which mm-hmm. this looks like a fancy schmancy hotel. Mm-hmm. Do the Fishers not make enough money to put Rico and Re- it's Fisher and Diaz. Mm-hmm. Do they not have enough money for to put Rico in this hotel room? And well, maybe no. I, I, I probably may not be what the case is. It may just be they don't want to pay it. You know, I I was looking at going to a convention um, here in right. Las Vegas, right? And one night at the Mandalay Bay, right, is three hundred and fifty dollars. Not to mention your on. registration fees I know, I know, and all hold that. On, hold on, it's insane. But that's a business expense. That's not out of Natalie's pocket. That's out, out of the business but pocket. Rico is an own. It's that's right. But it's out of an equity account. Okay, here's the thing: the when way, you can just stay one minute away the at way, half a price. The way that's a, that makes the sense. way it's sold mm-hmm. on the show mm-hmm. is just that Rico's now single and now he has to watch his money. And what I'm saying that's, is, yeah, I, yeah. But what I'm saying is that's that's in the that's in the funeral. That's on the business. Well, I, know, I get, I get he, what you're. The how much? How much? How much could the cost difference have been? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna go further. Does Rico not have enough money that he can't pass by a drive-thru on the way home? He has, has to count quarters at the vending machine? No, okay. <laughs> you know what I I'm saying? You. No, I, I see that. Yeah, like it's I, a I little... I can see why they said, listen, this hotel is $400 a night. Just like I said, Mandalay Bay at, at 300 And you walk in a hallway and you're at the Luxor at $70 a night. No, again, a it's thousand... It's just a business decision. No, no, and, and fine. Like I'll, I'll, I'll settle you with you there on the hotel. But also that this dude is counting quarters, and again, yeah, no, I this I hear isn't you on that. Fisher Funeral Home and Dia Rico yeah. is a funeral. He is Fisher, Fisher and Diaz. Diaz. He has yeah. a stake in the business, mm-hmm. and the dude doesn't have five dollars for the Wendy's drive-through. Like the fuck out of oh, here! Oh, I could go for a hamburger <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it's funny. The week before, Rico could not. This is something I wanted to uh, throw in and. God knows if you're this deep into the episode. Oh. And if you listen to last week's episode, we were talking about typecast mm-hmm. of actors because mm-hmm. uh, Claire was being typecast for her artwork. And what's funny is, and I'm bringing it up here, Pam Beasley, is that someone who's typecast? Because I look at Jenna Fisher and mm-hmm. I call her Pam Beasley. I don't, I don't even know her name on the show. Mm-hmm. I call her Jenna, uh, Pam, Pam Beasley. Beasley. Um, and that's someone who's typecast. You're never going to see Steve Carell and not think of Michael Scott. That's Same true. thing with Dwight Schrute yeah. on the show. Yeah. He was... Um, 
fuck, what was his name I on the know. show? I have no idea. I forgot. Oh, fucking Rain Wilson. What was his name? Arthur? Yeah. Arthur. Um, anyway, I think it's funny the week before that Rico could not pick up on Pam Beasley saying no. But <laughs> here, Angela's like making... And here, it's like the opposite. Angela's making obvious passes at Rico. Mm-hmm. I know. I think it's ironic the way he picks up on it. Uh, the way Angela wakes up Rico. Annoying. I... I would lose my mind. So I am lucky enough that my girlfriend listens to the podcast. Love her. If she ever woke up, woke me up, <laughs> throw, and I love Fritos. I fucking love Fritos. We know. You don't know what Fritos is, right? Do you know what a Frito is? Yeah, have you ever had a Frito pie? Don't play me on this podcast. What was the chips I got? And you were like, well, I've never seen these. There's some weird chip that y'all eat. It was Fritos. It was not a Frito. You got like the discount version of Fritos. <laughs> not quit playing. You're frugal. I got Ritos. <laughs> you got Ritos. Victor's always saving money on prostitutes and chips. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, if, if the way, she, and they make it look cute where Angela's just like, hey, here's Fritos and she's cute. throwing at her. No, I'd lose my I'd, missing stink. <laughs> it's, it's crunchy. I don't want crumbs. And you put bed. it all in my bed like that? Get out. Do you not know bed bugs? Oh, <laughs> ew. Uh, <laughs> ew, it's right. He ate it. I'm done. Um... I, I guess I guess to actually talk about what happened, I think it's nice that Rico got a little. Um, Go ahead and say it. Just say it. Get, I know it's in you. Oh, that's right. So Rico and Angela <sighs> were in the bone zone. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I just I just think it's it's nice that he got a little. <sighs> I think it's nice that they both got what they would like. Yeah. 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 And it's, I like that it was like a, and too. it was like a an amicable is that the right word an amicable amicable um, uh, what did I just say uh, amicable <laughs> that's cool man. I was gonna let you have that Ritos. Ah. Uh, you know, that's at the end they were like, "Yeah, this is this is a one-time thing, cool. and you should it's cool you talk to your wife. I have a boyfriend, and mm-hmm. see you around." You know, um, and our episode closes out with Ruth, George, and Maggie on the couch. Uh, did you pick up that Ruth, whether purposely or Freudian slip, however you want to phrase it, said goodbye instead of good night? No, I did. She says goodbye, and then she really quickly she goes, oh, "I'm sorry, I mean good night." Yeah, she no, goes upstairs, whatever. I think she probably. I think she's in her head. She's totally done with everything. Uh, I think. And, and one last thing on George, because he says to Maggie at the end of the episode, "I need help. I need more shock. Tra- I need more. This is. I'm going to lose Ruth. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cognizant of George to be that present. Yeah. Because that's a that's a huge first step for people just to be like, "Fuck, I need help." Instead mm-hmm. of just being like, "Oh, it's her. Your fault. It's their fault. No, yeah. I'm not wrong. You are. You mm-hmm. know. Many are um, powerless. You know." And just the way this sort of episode started with George's mother holding George's hand, uh, we see that Maggie holds George's hand. Anything else on the episode? No, but now I'm like, all now I want to know what happens to Ruth and George and Maggie and Nate. Well, <sighs> have I got some news for you? <laughs> we will be back next week. Oh, I get to come back? We're still friends. <laughs> to discuss next week's episode um so you'll be able to watch and discuss that and next week's episode is called time flies so nothing else to add Mm -mm. and with that being said uh give us a follow on instagram again we're at digging podcast natalie you are at at nat loves duncan when you say it that low it's hard to hear i'm so sorry at nat loves duncan louder (laughs) louder i'm not doing snapchat anymore by the way no one is. Okay. We're all done with Snapchat. Okay, good. I didn't e- I wasn't even with Snapchat and I'm done with it. Done. And that is it for this week's episode. 
<laughs> I just realized while you said you're done with Snapchat, that's why you didn't give out your name. What was your name? I don't remember. I'm so done. With what it. was your Snapchat name? <laughs> uh, Natalicious. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under.